Welcome to Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris, where we talk about relevant issues as it relates to individuals in grief as they navigate finances and the advisors who help them. We help clients in grief navigate financial matters. We also teach advisors how to emotionally and financially work with clients in grief through an unparalleled process. This week's episode is sponsored by Life After Grief Financial Planning and Life After Grief Consulting. Hello and welcome to another episode of Real Talk with Life After Grief, Chris. In this episode, we're going to be talking about the sandwich generation and handling the guilt. And when I'm referring to the sandwich generation, I'm referring to in the most part, you and possibly a spouse caring for your parents and your children or just your parents. So I just wanted to get that out of the way uh, to kind of start this podcast going. And most often, you have some feelings associated with your current role as being the sandwich, so to speak. And your feelings are completely normal. In my situation, I experienced bouts of sadness, guilt, confusion, dismay, all of which are normal. And when the event happened with my mother... I felt extremely guilty, and I'll go into some of the reasons why I felt the extreme guilt. The day that I realized that my mother's health had changed forever, and it was declining at a pace, and it was about over eight years, and nearing the end of the eight years, you can imagine I was run down, I had a lot of emotions, and I simply wanted this situation to end. And I didn't know how to feel about wanting the situation to end. I wanted it to end for a myriad of reasons. It was a emotional drain and toll on a lot of different people, myself, my brother, my dad, um, several other family members. And it was a financial toll. And I wanted that situation to have some closure. So some of the other things that, you know, are realized during a situation like this our stress. And there are components, you know, daily components with caregiving that just add to the stress. And I unfortunately had to develop a mindset that I could be pulled out of whatever I was doing without any notice. So just imagine this. I was working on a project at work. I was downtown Orlando and all of a sudden something happened at home where the ambulance was called or I had to go to rush to the hospital and I just had to drop everything and I just had to, to go. My employer at the time was quite gracious and understanding, but I literally would get a phone call and I would just drop and just run. And I, I had that mindset for a lot of years. What it also did, and I also learned from this, was that it made me in the moment of whatever I was doing very efficient. Time efficiency has become one of my strengths at this point, And it was because of that situation. And in terms of stress, also something that I've learned is that you can have what's called a growth mindset or a fixed mindset. And I didn't know this at the time. And, you know, sometimes you're just predetermined to deal with stress a certain way. You, as the individual, can make a decision whether you learn from that or not. So fixed, the difference between fixed and growth, as you can imagine, fixed, you're kind of looking at the situation half empty. In a growth mindset, you're dealt with this stressful situation and you learn how to grow and cope 
and make yourself better. So I developed a growth mindset at the end of the day. And then also, you know, out of that growth mindset dealing with stress, I figured out what my limits were. And you also have to have an understanding of where to go to recharge. And I've spoken about this in a a previous podcast, and I'll just go into a little bit detail here. I realized there were points that I could go no further. And if there were points that I hit my limit, that I could be no benefit to anyone, including myself. So I had to remove myself from the situation, whatever it was, and I had to go and recharge. And again, my recharging has to do with going and exercising, whether it was going to the gym, riding a bike, going to play basketball or things of that nature. And something else that you have to realize is you can't be all things to all people. Very important. I never thought that I was Superman. I never felt like I was Superman. And I surely look back and know that I wasn't Superman. And there are just so many different dynamics that happen to each and every person's situation that it makes it virtually impossible to be all things. And it's also important to know your resources and when to use them. And some examples of resources are respite, adult daycare. So just imagine child care, but for your parents, it gives the caregiver a break. Pre-death, grief counseling, very important. A lot of people don't know that that's available. I didn't take advantage of it because I didn't know that it was available either. I surely took advantage of grief counseling sometime after my experiences with grief. Children support groups, social support groups, There are many groups on Facebook. I participate in some of them online. There's some that I'll just kind of run off. Uh, Support groups for parents that have lost, lost a child. Support groups for caregivers specifically. Support groups for children that have lost parents. Any number of support groups are available. There's also grief literature. There are community resource referrals. I've mentioned hospice before that has a lot of great resources and they can uh, refer you to different resources that are available, pastoral care services, and many more. And so I also like to go beyond pastoral care services. And if you're involved in your church, seek out some of those um, from your church. I certainly did. And uh, they were very, very beneficial to me and many more. And specifically for advisors, I recommend having these resources on hand and be ready to act on them, meaning be ready to provide them to your clients. I've also located an article by Helen Hunter, and it's called Multiple Roles, Handling the Guilt. And it does a very, very good job of discussing the challenges and emotions that are unique to caregivers in the sandwich generation. The article also gives caregivers permission to be human and also ask for help as it pertains to caregiving for parents. Some of the things that are also mentioned in the article are what else can I do to keep mom or dad comfortable? Very important. Am I doing the right thing? You know, have you explored all the options that are available? And they took care of me in my situation. I wanted to provide them the best possible care. So am I able to do that? And am I feeling inferior or am I feeling weak or am I feeling selfish or if I'm feeling guilty to acknowledge those feelings and seek help, you know, when you are feeling those and they're all normal. And if I don't devote all of my time and energy to my parents, and this is specifically has to relate to if you have children at the same time, so you are caring for both mom and dad or either of them, and then you're also caring for your children, you know, how do you pick and choose? 
And so all of those things, you know, go in hand in hand with, you know, your feelings and being with, you know, being in the sandwich generation. I've recently, there have been a couple of my friends that are in the sandwich generation specifically and have sought me out and sort of asked questions. One of my friends, his mother has dementia and his stresses, you know, his children are just about teenagers now and, you know, he and his wife are running them to lots of different sports activities and just lots of different activities in general. And then on the other side of that, you know, his mother is declining at health and she's still living at home with his father, my friend's father. And, you know, my friend is having to monitor that situation. So he's having to be a caregiver from a distance. And then he has a sister and you have to incorporate that. My friend has a sister. And so there's just so many different dynamics that go on there. And you can imagine how that situation can get very stressful. I also have another friend who has a mother that lives with him. And that that's a whole nother dynamic within itself. You know, she's also declining in health as well. So, you know, just a a lot of just different situations and to be cognizant and ask for help. It's, it is completely okay to, you know, solicit and ask for help. So with that being said, I appreciate you listening and always feel free to share this podcast with any friend, family member, or colleagues. See you on the next episode. for listening to our podcast. If you are a client and are looking to work directly with me, Chris, and or my firm, head on over to Life After Grief FP. That is Life After Grief FP. The FP is for financial planning.com. If you are an advisor looking to emotionally and financially work with your client in grief, or if you are a client looking to get your advisor's head in the game, head on over to lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. That is lifeaftergriefconsulting.com. Any information referenced in this week's podcast will be located here in the podcast section. And as always, please feel free to share this week's podcast with any friend, family member, or colleague. Thanks for listening. See you next week on the next episode.